Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dr. Louise, and I help cycle breakers make decisions by unleashing the power of philosophy. Now, I've done a little bit of adjusting here on my sound, so let me know if the sound is better for you in this episode. I am trying to improve the podcasting game, so do let me know what you think of that. So, in today's episode, I want to talk about nuance and whether we can successfully convey it when it comes to the things that matter. I was inspired to create this episode in response to an article I read. It was called When Both Silence and Statement Become Complicity by Charlotte Clymer. This piece is focused specifically on speaking about the Hamas-Israel war, but I think it has bigger implications for us as cycle breakers. Now, if you're a cycle breaker, there is probably something difficult in your past that prompted the initial creation of the cycle that you are working on. In my case, many of the problematic cycles in my life are directly tied to my abusive parents. Since I speak out about my cycle-breaking experiences, I also speak out about child abuse. Child abuse is morally wrong, just as the Hamas, sorry, just as the harms currently being perpetrated by the Israeli government against the Palestinian people is morally wrong. Now, both child abuse and the war are topics that demand nuance. This is true on a lot of different levels, but let me just give a couple of examples. Now, many folks recognize that their parents were abusive to them because these individuals experienced abuse at the hand of their own parents. We have to hold on to the fact that these abusive parents were also once abused children and that these individuals still are morally responsible for the harm they perpetrated against their own kids. Your abusive parents do not get a free moral pass just because they too were abused when they were children. They are still morally responsible for the harm that you experienced. That is nuance. When we're thinking about the war, we have to hold on to the fact that both Palestinians and Jews are indigenous to this part of the world, and that fact does not grant the government of Israel the right to protect their land at any cost, especially at the cost of killing innocent Palestinians. This is nuance. In her piece, Charlotte Clymer states, quote, for the past three weeks, in the midst of murder of innocent civilians by the terrorist group Hamas, I have been astonished to witness a new wrinkle in our social fabric. It has quickly become simultaneously impossible to either speak up or to be silent. She goes on to say, quote, when innocent people are being murdered, it's morally unacceptable to stay silent, of course. But what happens when speaking up means somehow being perceived as taking a side between competing oppressions and their corresponding evils. 
Clymer makes a compelling case that right now, many people are rejecting the possibility of nuance in light of the horrors taking place in the Gaza Strip. Even when folks are expressing nuanced positions, Clymer points to President Biden's recent Oval Office address as an example of that. Those speaking out are necessarily seen as on one side of the issue or the other. This idea really hit home for me. As a philosopher who works with cycle breakers, many of which have experienced long-term abuse, I know the struggle of nuance. My father was simultaneously the savior of my childhood, as in he saved me from the outrageous abuse of my mother, and the perpetrator of harm throughout my childhood and beyond. As I'm working to break cycles in my own life, I have to simultaneously hold on to the fact that these habits are what kept me safe as a child and are the very thing keeping me from the life I deserve now. The only way I have managed to have the strength to engage in cycle breaking is because of my love of nuance. It's one of the reasons I fell so wildly in love with philosophy. Philosophy is a space where nuance is valued. Philosophy is a space where we love to make distinctions and notice how some things can be true in this situation and hold very different in another. And while I love nuance, I know so many people have very little patience for it. When I post about the ways my abusive parents treated me, and I find myself in the both fortunate and unfortunate position that my post goes viral, I am usually flooded with comments of people defending my parents' choices. Once the post reaches beyond the abuse survivor community, it quickly becomes obvious that my words are seen as threats to people who are unsure of the way they treated their children. They pick and choose from the words of my post and find ways to tell me that I am both wrong and ungrateful. These folks cannot handle the possibility that the circumstance that I am speaking about is not necessarily the same circumstance or even the same kind of circumstance that they are feeling insecure about. As a child, I needed so desperately for the people around me to be able to handle nuance. So many folks assumed that I was okay because I did well at school. They assumed that good grades meant whatever was happening at home couldn't be that bad. I became so frustrated by this assumption and the absolute refusal of the adults around me to hear me tell them that this was not the case. I became desperate to express myself. I learned very early on to sound like an adult. I learned how to articulate myself so that maybe, just maybe, someone would be able to hear my words. And nobody did. No one could look past the good grades, my intelligence, my general good behavior. They could not imagine that a kid was that was operating like me could be in a bad situation. They couldn't handle the nuance. And that's what those people who comment on my viral posts that I am wrong and ungrateful are doing too. They cannot handle nuance. The world suffers because people refuse to recognize the nuance that is right in front of them. 
We make harmful assumptions. We are more willing to protect our shit, sorry, to project, to project our shit onto others. And we feel more fear than is necessary. All because we can't hold on to two different things being true at the same time. Charlotte Clymer is pointing out that right now, collectively, we are not handling nuance very well. Many of us are outright rejecting it. It seems impossible to say that at the very same moment, the actions of Hamas against the Israeli people were wrong, and that the ongoing actions of the Israeli government against Palestine is also wrong. The world says you have to pick a side, and if you don't, we'll assume which one you're on. I've seen this thinking in real time in online spaces right now. On the carousel post I created on my grid over on Instagram about the conflict, I had people comment that I must be pro-Israel. This seemed to be based on the fact that I spent more time directly talking about the Jewish experience than the Palestinian one. These commenters didn't seem to take into consideration that the world probably shouldn't be learning about the Palestinian experience from a Jewish woman in Indiana who has literally never been to this part of the world. It was implied that if I was going to speak on the topic and not be perceived as pro-Israel, it was necessary for me to speak more to the Palestinian experience. Some of the comments bordered on being violent. It took me two weeks to write that post. I thought carefully about every part of it. I also thought about whether it was appropriate for me to post it at all, and if it was appropriate for me to focus on the Jewish experience. My post was clear. It acknowledged and renounced the harms that the Israeli government is perpetuating against the Palestinians. It also acknowledged the harm of Hamas and the way their actions interact with trauma from the Holocaust. I said both things, side by side, in the same graphic, and I was still labeled as taking a side. The thing about speaking the truth is that not everyone's going to hear what you're saying. People bring their baggage to whatever you choose to share with the world, whether it's about genocide and terrorism or about child abuse and neglect. People will perceive you through whatever lens is most important to them. Not everyone is going to be able to set aside their biases and make space for nuance. Right now, many people cannot do so. Many people are in an elevated state. We are bombarded with videos of absolutely horrific violence. I cannot currently scroll through my feed or my friends' stories without literally stumbling into videos of mutilated bodies and children crying for their parents. There are no trigger warnings. There are just people desperately trying to share so that the world has to confront the horrors that we are collectively allowing to take place. I do not look away and my nervous system elevates. When we are in an elevated state, we are much quicker to move toward our fight and flight instincts. The people commenting that I must be pro-Israel were there to fight. I'm sure others read my words and fled because the thought that I was just another person encouraging the horrors taking place in Gaza was too much for them. I wouldn't be surprised if some pro-Israel folks took also took flight at my condemnation of the Israeli government as a Jew. When we are in a fight or flight state, our thinking brain is not really with us. Our body is prioritizing survival. The things that help us survive are usually not connected to holding on to a lot of nuance. 
we need to decide is it time to run from the tiger or should we hide in the bush it wouldn't help us to hold on to the possibility that both strategies might keep us alive we need to pick one and do so immediately it's not surprising that nuance is being rejected right now there is legitimate urgency to stop the bombing of gaza Every minute the Israeli government continues its operation is another minute that innocent Palestinians are either dying or at risk of dying. This is the environment where we need to decide right now how to survive the damn tiger attack. I don't hold it against anyone who commented labeling my position on that Instagram post. I don't blame people for being unable to handle nuance right now. It is a normal human thing to reject that in light of the environment that we are in. But what should we do about that? Charlotte Clymer suggests that we should not make a statement. She suggests that because one cannot say anything without taking a side, we should not speak. Interestingly, she says this while making a clear statement throughout her whole piece. All of the things she says are adding nuance to the situation. So I'm not quite sure what counts as a statement for her. Maybe what she means is we can't squish our ideas down into a simple, pithy statement. Maybe she is being critical of the fact that social media is not a space where we can use our language adequately, largely due to space and attention limitations. But I think that's BS. If you're someone who's capable of using language to express nuance in difficult situations, then you should use that skill to express nuance. Even at a moment where many people are not capable of processing nuance, saying it, putting it out there in the world matters. Are some people going to feel hurt? Yes. Any time you speak the truth, that is a possibility. Doing the right thing is always risky. We cannot please everyone. We should still speak. I think the idea that it is just impossible to express nuance on social media is also BS. Social media is a space where you can express yourself in many different ways. What you say in those spaces is limited primarily by your skills of expression. Will people come and comment nasty stuff? Yes. Almost always when you are saying something of value. It is normal to have people come and dump their opinions when you are putting ideas out into the world on social media. It is also normal to delete comments and get rid of people who are unwilling to reasonably engage with you. Your content is not necessarily for everyone. You get to decide what boundaries you want to put on it. You can turn off comments, you can make posts only visible to close friends, you can write a long post via a carousel, you can make a video anywhere from seven seconds to hours, depending on what you want. I think it is a BS excuse that people say you cannot express nuance on social media. I do it regularly as I talk about cycle breaking and my experience as a survivor of long-term abuse. And people misunderstand me. And that does not mean that I shouldn't say what needs to be said. In my work, I seek to raise awareness about the issues abuse survivors face and create community among like-minded folks. If my community can benefit from whatever I am saying, that it is worth saying, even if it gets incorrectly perceived by some. We should not just say things because they will be accurately perceived. 
let me say it again. We should not just say things because they will be accurately perceived. Right now, we need to be challenging people by articulating nuanced positions. The complexity of the horrors of the world right now demand it. We need to be saying these things if we have the skill and privilege to do so without significant risk. Let's not hide behind the possibility that someone is going to say we are of a position that we are not subscribed to. Let them be wrong. The people who need to see the nuance, the people who are capable of holding on to the nuance, will be grateful that you have put it out into the world. Don't choose what truths you speak based on what the people who are incapable of processing your words are going to say about you. Choose to speak your truth because there will be people who need to hear it and they will be grateful that you chose to act. Now, I do want to add a little nuance to this point because if I didn't, who even would I be? <laughs> I do not think that everyone needs to make a nuanced statement about the war in Gaza right now. I think that everyone should be prioritizing understanding this conflict and taking action however they feel is best for them. If you are someone who is skilled with language and you want to write a nuanced statement, wonderful. If you're someone who is ready to march for your beliefs, then get out there and march. If you're someone who's not ready to take visible action, then do whatever your heart calls to, to help stop this violence. It doesn't need to be on social media. It doesn't need to run the risk of hateful comments. It doesn't need to look a certain way, but you do need to do something. The world needs your energy to help us all come out of this. I never expect that abuse survivors share about their experiences. I choose, as a survivor of long-term abuse, to talk about it. Words, writing, speaking, these are my best skills. I am not good at marching in protests. I am not good at making financial contributions or calling my representative. I believe all of these things are good and worthwhile, but they are not my main tools. I use the tools that I have. For me, that involves expressing myself through language. For me, it involves inviting people to make space for nuance, even when they may not be ready for it. And I will keep demanding space for nuance, whether I am defending the innocent Palestinians in Gaza or cycle breakers' right to go no contact with their abusers. May my words get to the people who need to hear it, and may I have the strength to let go of worries about how I will be perceived. Let's do the right thing, however our skill sets allow. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you found it insightful, and I will catch you all in the next one. Bye-bye.